When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest edition of the Woke Bros. I am your host, Nando Vila. My regular co-host, Waz, is still on vacation. Uh, he may never come back. I don't know. He's out in, in Colombia. He's partying it up in Cartagena. I don't know. He may never he may never come back to our to our little program. I'm going to have to start maybe thinking about a new co-host. But uh, if he does come back, uh, I think it'll be next week. Not this week. This week, I have a very special guest. We're doing something a little bit different than what we usually do on this show. Um, we have with us today, Hugo Soto Martinez. Hugo is running for city council in Los Angeles in District 13. Um, you know, we we spend a lot of time, you know, wondering about Biden. What are they going to do? Are the Democrats going to do anything in Congress? Or are they going to pass the bill or whatever? And you know what? Real power in America, or a lot of real power in America, lies at the local level, which we don't usually pay attention to. Um, so I think it's important to, to talk local politics. So I'm very excited to have you, Hugo. How are you doing? Yeah, thanks. I'm doing well. Uh, happy to be here. And uh, to answer your question, the Democrats will do something if we push them to do it. So if we push them, I, yes, think, you know exactly. I think you know that. So um, can you just explain very quickly, what, what does a city council member do? What is that job? It just, what is, I don't know, what, what does a city council member do? Yeah, well, in, in, in Los Angeles, um, the city council member has a, a lot of power. It's, it's, uh, you know, people describe it as, uh, you know, having a weak mayor. And so council member, it's basically like little mini mayors. And so it's broken up into 15 districts and they get to make decisions on essentially everything within their district. That's housing policy, how uh, the homeless are treated, um, you know, the bike paths, bus lanes, uh, a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, you know, the jobs that are created there, um, they basically have a lot of decision power over what it looks like in their district. And so uh, city councils have, in some ways, more power than the mayor, uh, how to influence you know, the mm. district. And what 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 inspired you to run in the first place? I mean, I, I can imagine it's a it's a uh, it's difficult to to run for office. Certainly, especially an office that's not you know I wouldn't say it's I mean it's like you said it's it's very powerful, but it's not like the sexiest uh, uh, office. <laughs> you know, you know no. my son he's a city council member, and you're like that sounds that doesn't sound as sexy as like oh my son is a is a congressman or something. You know? Yeah. Not, uh, not not as sexy, that's for sure. Uh, I think my mom will still be very proud. Of but, course. <laughs> but it's definitely not the same. Uh, yeah. What inspired me? Well, uh, you know, I'm a lifelong Angelino. Um, I grew up in I grew up in South Central. My parents were street vendors uh, growing up. Uh, you know, I went to school in, in Watts and you know, some of the more uh, neglected areas of the city. And uh, when I was 23 years old, um, 
uh, I was working at a hotel and uh, the union, which I now belong to, uh, started organizing my workplace. And uh, we won, uh, I felt, we won a lot of things, you know, healthcare, health insurance, uh, sorry, healthcare, with wages, pension, most formally respect on the job. Uh, and the ability to just continue to fight, you know, as things come up, we didn't have a voice before that. Um, and so anyways, to, to answer your question is, um, I've been following politics since then very, 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 uh, very intensely. And recently I've noticed a shift, uh, you know, that uh, activists and organizers are starting to run and they won. Uh, they actually won in some of the districts. Yeah. And so I think back to the civil rights movement and there was an incredible article written by Baird Rustin that said, at the height of the uh, civil rights movement, the thing that they should have done, or the thing he was suggesting at the time was that we use that power in the grassroots and take over seats of power in, in the state. And so uh, we never did it in the civil rights movement, but the right wing did, right? And now they're passing a lot of terrible laws across the country. And so anyway, so I see that change, I see that shift and um, been organizing for 15 years all across the city and said, you know what? Um, Let's go for it. Uh, let's do this for the working class. So that's why. That's what you know, you, you mentioned Baird Rustin, and man, you might have the keys to my heart. He's Baird Rustin is like the underrated civil rights hero. He's been kind of almost almost erased, uh, but yes. he was absolutely key, and I, I thought had a very um, like a very clear political message and uh, uh, you know political theory. You know, on this show, we talk about labor organizing a lot as the real uh, bedrock for prog any progressive change anywhere, any not just in the United States, but anywhere in the world, really. Like uh, progress does not happen without yeah. uh, labor power. Um, and so uh, can, can you talk about what that what that experience was like for you um, when when you helped to organize your workplace? Yeah, I mean, it was um, by far the most transformational event in my life. Um, you know, growing up where I well, grew up in South Central to street vendor parents, you know, being out in the street, selling with them, you know, you know, child in tow, there my mom was like sending, you know, selling stuff. You, you know, you don't need to be told what side of the fence you're on. Right? You, you know who yeah. has power, who doesn't have power. Um, and even while I was working and going to school, I, I was practicing to be a, a pre-law. And you know, I'm reading up the codes and looking up all the, you know, labor laws of this country. I could cite them to my boss, and you know, I felt I always felt like they had some sort of respect to me and like deference because like, oh, he wants to go to be a lawyer. But it never changed the conditions of the workplace, right? As much as I wanted it to 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 do, right? As much as I fought for that. When we won the union and we we marched on the boss, a bunch of us workers. We went straight to the boss and we said, we want to have a union. Um, you know, I thought I was going to get fired because <laughs> I, uh, I was assigned to lead that delegation, right? And the opposite happened. We were, we were respected. Um, right. That collective power that, um, that we were able to create, it turned the dynamics of power on its head. And I remember you know, walking into work the next day and managers were like shaking my hand and, you know, like, what can we do for you? You know, you need anything, you know? And I was like, wow, this is incredible. Uh, this is, this worked. 
you know, after after years of like fighting on my own, I was like, this actually worked. Um, and uh, it's a feeling that uh, I'm never going to forget um, because I continue to do it with other work. Right? Uh, as an organizer, I've, I've inspired people and pushed them and drawn out their inner strength and their inner leadership to do it for themselves. And so every time I see it, you know, it was it was that moment for myself. But every time I see it happening, hmm. it, I relive it. And I'm like, this is incredible. This is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's pretty remarkable what's happening in LA um, at the city council level. Um, you know, I, we've talked about on this show. We've talked about Nithya Raman's run um, yeah. a little bit. Um, you know, she won power. Um, there's a few other kind of, you know, uh, what we would call like left wing people in in the city council. Um, and uh, you know, we're we're seeing kind of a um, slowly but surely uh both in new york and los angeles and chicago this sort of three biggest cities in america um you know some lefty people maybe even some socialists uh, becoming a city council member you know how 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 much do you feel like you're part of a larger a larger movement oh absolutely i mean i um you know the you know absolutely like the labor movement um took to its point it took you know 20 years to create you know from the late 80s when unions were a few unions were organizing undocumented workers which was like the increase of, of immigration that's my parents right my parents were that group of people um in the 90s you know becoming citizens that was my dad my dad became a citizen became a voter uh labor movement continued to push and, uh, you know, it created uh, sort of, um, uh, you know, this area where people, uh, it became more progressive, more grassroots. As soon as I saw that uh, sprouting, um, you know, the, sort of the, the, the seeds were starting to sprout. After Bernie, you know, I was looking at DSA and I was like, oh, it's another Occupy movement. You know, they're going <laughs> to go over. Like, oh, you know, uh, you know, it's funny because. You saw it, right? I started in yeah. 2006, 2006, and so I saw yeah. the mega marches for immigration. It fizzled out. Yeah, uh, you know the labor movement. Was I remember of- those. I remember those. Uh, yeah, people don't see the kids these days. You know, you and I we're old. We're you know we're in our mid to late thirties. That's right. Uh, and yeah, I mean, you still look great. Don't get me wrong. You still Thank look you. great. You, but, you need yeah. to do. Thank you. Uh, but the kids these days, you know, all these like, you know, all these like lefty kids that have like, ooh, you know, like uh, Lenin is my bay uh, in their Twitter handle. They don't remember uh, the heady days of 2006, the massive uh, immigrant uh, immigrant marches, like massive, which totally yeah. caught like I think like the, the mainstream news and and, you know, for lack of a better term, like white people were just like, wait, where the fuck did these people come out? <laughs> like, they, it's like they just it just like happened overnight. And they were just like, where do these people come out of? But they were like massive. Yeah. Massive. Yeah. Massive marches. I mean, I think L.A. had a, like a million people. That was that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, so, you know, the mega marches, SB 1070 in Arizona you know, happened. That was a big deal for the immigrant community. That was 2010 for all the young kids out there. Uh, And, um, you know, Occupy was a little bit after. And then Bernie and then DSA started sprouting. And, you know, I was like, oh, they're not going away. Like, I need to get in here because, you know, I'd been in the union for, at that time, you know, 12 years. And I was like, I need to do, spread my wings a little more because it's, you know, I need to, I need to, 
you know, I need to go help. I need to, I need to do as much as I can. I need, I need to do as, you know, just inspire and, and bring my teachings into the labor movement. So, so now that it's coming to fruition, I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. You know, I've been around for a while and I think we're going to win. Nice. And so I got to ask you, uh, you know, I live in LA. Um, I'm a transplant. I'm from Miami originally, uh, but I, I moved here in 2016. So I'm relatively, I've been here five years or almost six years, So, but I'm still relatively new. You know, I, the, the issue that basically everyone talks about all the time here is kind of, I mean, I would say the number one issue is um, homelessness, the, the, the housing crisis in LA. What, why do, why is it so bad here and what would you do to fix it if you got in there wow i mean why is it so bad what a start. I mean, yeah what a start right i mean look i think uh growing up um we had skid row nobody paid attention because it was contained and it was in downtown yeah. I, mean, I, I remember that i remember growing up and then the encampment started spreading to areas where a little more working class, right? I remember they're sprouted in South Central. All of a sudden, right, <laughs> you know, these tents started popping up in Los Feliz, right? Yeah. And it's 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 now a citywide issue, right? Or we used to be in Venice too. Yeah, yeah. I, that's where I live. I live in Venice and the, okay, yeah. yeah. So Venice always had homeless, but now, you know, it's 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 wherever there was before there's more and then where there wasn't any, there's 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 some now. But you know, these are these are policies that were implemented for forty years, right? Uh, you know, we 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 ne we've neglected to address the issue. The kind of housing we're building is not affordable. Um, areas are being gentrified. Um, you know, the number one issue people enter homeless is because of economic hardship. Um, you know, that's sixty percent of people enter into homelessness. So. These issues are all, and I think the pandemic just, 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 just put like a, you know, it, it, it put a fire in the tinderbox. And so it, it, this has been like decades and decades of, of, of a creation. Right? And so what I would do differently, number one, I think that, you know, as a union organizer, that is the, one of the most uh, effective ways to transfer wealth, right? To transfer from the, from the companies to the workers. So I would definitely be supportive of any unionized after efforts in my district, without a doubt. The city's money is, uh, you know, half of the discretionary funds are given to the police. You know, that's not that's not helping the problem, right? We need to, to, to take some of that money and put it where it's needed uh, in the communities, um, social programs, jobs programs. You know, the, the the community has been crying for jobs, for opportunities for as long as this country has been created. We need to finally address that. Um, and most importantly, I think wherever the city's resources are used, like, you know, homeless advocacy groups, we need to make sure that they're paid well. Uh, these folks are paid like close to minimum wage. Like we're not, we're, we're, we're using our city funds to recreate the, 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 the system that is creating homelessness. It's just ridiculous. It's like we need to use the, the, the power of our purse to make sure that good jobs are created and um, make sure they're unionized as well. But, you know, it's a lot to do, but you got to start. Something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's here in here in Venice. I talk to people because, I mean, there's a big uh, kind of brouhaha over the city council member, uh, kind of in this district, a guy named Mike Bonin. And uh, 
the you know i talk to people because there's like this big recall uh or yeah. i don't know how big it is but you see signs on the streets and people talk about it and i'm like but what what are you what are you so what are you so bad about and they're like well he's doing he's finding uh you know housing for for the homeless people here and i'm like yeah that's that's what you're supposed to do he's like no no we, we want them like away you know yeah. if, they, if they find him housing here then they're gonna stay here and i'm like well, I mean, if everyone says that, then they're, you know, like everyone kind of, if everyone says that, then you know what I'm saying? You know, like, right, right. how do you like, how do you fight against that? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, organizing is a lot about meeting people where they're at, you know, and I, I think a lot of those comments, and by the way, I've had a, had a little bit of experience here in the neighborhood council, which I participate in. And I think that um, when folks... Um, see something like that, they're having just like a very, a very personal uh, uh, reaction to it, right? Um, now, what I have found is once you start working through that, there are opportunities to try to find common ground. Now, there's some people you're never going to convince. You're never going to convince. Yeah. They're like, I want to banish them. I don't, I don't want to see them. And that's fine with me. But that's a, that's a minority of the people in Los Angeles. Uh, I, I think the majority of folks, um, once you know, you explain and show a lot of the statistics and the reasons. I think most people come around. And so, uh, you know, when I, when I organize workers in the union, we never get 100% of the people to support the union. Uh, and I think the same case is going to be here. Um, there's always going to be those folks that, you know, you unfortunately can't convince, but I think most folks have a, a pretty reasonable on this issue. I want to ask about uh, <laughs> uh, the LAPD. Um, and our sheriff, like, oh, who I God. was not aware of, I was not aware of until I was walking my dog on the boardwalk in Venice and I saw this fucking guy, uh, just doing like a whole media thing. I was like, what is, what is this? And then I kind of looked into he it and I was, he did have his hat on. He had his hat on. He was looking like a, you know, like a rhinestone cowboy. Uh, but he, uh, um, and 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 you know, there's this. There was this big investigation by by uh, by by Knockout LA, I think, about like you know, yeah. there's gangs in the LAPD. What is going on? What I mean, we always knew that. I mean, I, I watched. You know, I've I've seen Don't Be a Menace. It's also, you know, I, I know the LAPD. You know, they're not to be trusted. But what what is going on with Villanueva and these gangs in the LAPD? I mean, it has been exposed, right? That these gangs exist uh, within the department. Um, I mean, Villanueva has not made any friends with uh, the working class community or a lot of communities in LA. Um, but I, I think the real, the real thing that exposed everything was the killing of Andres Guadalajara, if I'm not mistaken. Um, because um, all of a sudden there's whistleblowers coming out you know, saying that Andres was killed as a, an initiation for the executioners in Compton. And, uh, you know, Cerise Castle, who did the article with Knock, um, you know, did a lot of public records requests and looked through a ton of evidence, right, and found that these gangs are everywhere, uh, everywhere. And, and Andres was not just, it was one example of, of those gangs, you know, having this initiation, right? So uh, it's unfortunate because you know, a lot of people supported Villanueva, right? Progressive groups supported Villanueva. I mean, the labor movement supported Villanueva. You know, he came in as a, as a so-called progressive candidate and it's turned out like he's worse than 
than Baca, right? And some of the worst things yeah. in the city. So, um, I mean, yeah, he's like he's like way worse than we've ever seen at the sheriff. I mean, this is worse than the Rampart scandal, you know, of the nineties. Yeah. So there's a lot happening. It's like continues to be in the media. Um, you know, I think it's galvanized a lot of folks around this issue. So um, you know, hopefully, we can turn some some positive things out of this. But but yeah, it's it's a lot has been exposed. It's just crazy. Like it's just yeah. it's it's wild to think about. Like that that the police, you know they're turns out they're you know they're not so nice sometimes like in the words of trump like not 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 the nicest not the <laughs> not the <laughs> you know like it's just it's just a very crazy thing to to think about i mean it's just what kind of reform can you do when it's that kind of that you know get like literal ga gangs yeah you know. I mean, you know, one thing that, uh, you know, I, I, I work on a coalition. Um, uh, well, anyway, Andres, there's a connection to Andres because um, he was a, he was the son of one of our members, uh, one of my oh, wow. Yeah. So, um, you know, after that, that killing, we, we got connected with, uh, with the Shek the Sheriff's Coalition. And they're really, um, you know, it's an amazing coalition. Uh, BLMLA, ACLU, SoCal are part of it. You know, it's the NLG. And um, one of the things they're pushing for is a charter amendment um, to have oversight over the sheriff because, unfortunately, you know, he's an elected official. And many times folks take up, you know, other elected officials, in this case, the board of supervisors who oversee his budget, you know, they have some power over him because of that. But, uh, you know, many times they say, well, we can't do anything. He's an elected official, you know. So, the charter amendment, what it would do is would make an amendment to the county charter so that essentially giving the board of supervisors impeachment power over the sheriff. Mm -hmm. uh, and so if the majority voted, um, you know, they could kick him out. And so, you know, that is a, that is a structural change. You know, that, that is, that's a very powerful uh, tool that they're trying to create uh, as far as accountability um, because, you know, all the other tools we've created, um, whether it's the oversight commission, or giving subpoena power for uh, a lot of these killings, like he's just ignoring them, right? Yeah. So now we have to go a step further and say, well, you know, law is not being followed, then then we can impeach impeach the Vienna, right? Yeah. So that's something people have been thinking about doing. The world is opening back up, Delta variant notwithstanding, it's opening back up, guys, and there are so many new thrills on the horizon. Whether you've been in a relationship for years or you're just getting started or just excited to get back out there and meet new people, when the moment comes, trust me, you'll want to be ready. Roman ready. GetRoman.com slash B-O-M. Go there. Talk to U.S. licensed healthcare professionals now because with Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Roman ready. What does it mean, you ask? Roman ready means confidence. The confidence that you know you can rise to the occasion in the moment. Emphasis on rise. We're looking at the Summer of Love 2021 version, and Roman wants to make sure you can participate in your way, whether that be as a single person or a couple who still would rather stay indoors with each other. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you for free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward. It's convenient. It's discreet. 
Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash B-O-M and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving your home. Complete an online visit today to connect with a U.S. licensed healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash B-O-M today. And if you're prescribed, get 50% off your first month of ED treatment. Make sure you're ready to have confidence and control this summer. Roman ready. <laughs> I want to ask about um, climate change. And here in California or in L.A., in Southern California, I mean, the real the big effect, I mean, outside of like the drought and all that stuff is 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 the fires. Um, there's just there's I mean, the fires are fucking terrifying. Um you know what? Uh, climate change is one of those issues. I mean, obviously, it's obviously a global issue. Things that happen on, on the other side of the world have effects here. But like, what 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 can what can you do at the local level to 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 help climate change? Oh, there's a there's a ton there's a ton of things we can do. Um, you know, so you know, SoCal Gas. <laughs> yeah, uh, I pay the them local- every month. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think they're the largest, uh, you know, gas company in, in the country. Um, but, uh, you know, they're not, there's no accountability for them, right? We had the Aliso Canyon blowout and uh, nothing, right? And so I think one of the things that we're doing that's very aggressive is saying, you know, if, if the city has a contract with SoCal Gas, then they, they have to be accountable for the pollution and, and, the, and the lack of attention they've given to infrastructure. We can't have another blowout where methane, which is more dangerous than CO2, just spill out with no consequences. That is ridiculous, right? So when folks talk about the fires, we got to talk about, well, who's contributing to this? And, and SoCal Gas is one of them. Um, aside from that, uh, in, in the district, um, you know, the electrification of buildings is one thing that um, uh, I've been working with the coalition. So essentially saying every new building that's built in the city Make it electric. Make it make sure there's no there's no uh, gas pipelines going. In there. That is something Berkeley has done. You know we should do it here, um, and encouraging uh, you know building up more uh, protected bike lanes, make public transportation easier and convenient for folks, uh, and make sure that they have access to that. Those are things. Those are all things that the city council member can do. Um, they can push for the SoCal gas contract. Definitely within the district, those buildings make sure they're electrified or LED certified. Uh, gold, you know, at least LED gold minimum, and put in the bike lanes. That that is a lot of power that city council can do. So, uh, you know, if we win. We're gonna we're gonna like we're gonna go to town on these things because I mean it's a crisis, right? But what if I was like a rich real estate guy and I was like, Hugo, when you win, <laughs> you know, here's the bag of money with the little dollar sign on it. You know, uh, you know, how do you how, how what 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 say you then? What are you gonna what are you gonna tell the rich real estate guy then uh, when that happens? I'm gonna say to him, you know, the same thing I tell uh, these hotel owners when we fight, when we fight contracts, right? Uh, I'm not here to represent you, you know. I, I'm not, you know. And uh, that happens a lot in the union in union fights. You know, it's like you're fighting these multinational and they have resources and power. And, yeah. Yeah, they can hurt the workers in many ways. And but you gotta have courage. You gotta have strength. You gotta know that that the power you're building in the community can withstand the attacks of these rich guys. It's not the, you know, it's not the money that, you know, the tempting is, do they have the power to take me out, you know, in four years? And, you know, you gotta have faith in the people, right? When we fight these corporations, we're telling people, we're gonna win 
but we got to do it together. And there's fear. Of course there's fear, but working through that fear, working through, uh, you know, fighting someone who's incredibly powerful. You know, I've been there, done that. That stuff is like, you got to have faith faith in the people who are electing. So we're going to run like an incredibly progressive campaign and we're going to have faith in the people that, you know, if those guys come after us, we'll be fine. Talk to me a little bit about the process of, of running for office, office in the six. I'm, 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 I'm thinking like, you know, one of the big uh, structural advantages that say rich people have is that they can just like simply stop working for a while because they have so much money and (laughs) just run a campaign. You know, they're just like, well, I have, I have, you know, $5 million in the bank. I can just take it. Uh, you know, um, you know, how, what's it like to uh, to run a campaign while you, I'm, I'm assuming you still have a, a full time job? Yes, I am. I am still very much working class. I have a full time job. Uh, you know, it's been um, it, it hasn't increased my workload because I've had to take off things off my plate, you know, less things with my neighborhood council, a little less with DSA. But it, you know, it's 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 hard. It, it's hard. And, and one of the things that I've realized in this process is how inaccessible it is for working people, and and how the voices of folks who are closest to the problems will almost never be heard. It, it's it's uh, I have to work two jobs, you know. And I've met other candidates who are like, yeah, my husband is you know rich, and I could do this, and you know, luckily I have yeah. some money. And I'm just like. It is. It is really unfair, but um, but yeah, it's been it's been somewhat of a challenge. But you know, again, I'm very lucky to have a, a, a community that is like a team and a community that have been incredibly supportive, and um, it's been really nice. It's been it's um, in some parts it's been surprising because people who are excited and know me have uh, have done a lot of help as well. It sounds like there's a lot, maybe a lot of paperwork. Do you have to fill out a lot of forms? <laughs> that sounds like a, a nightmare. <laughs> is there like a lot of paperwork involved or what? Um, you know, it, there's a lot of questionnaires for sure, you know, from different okay. uh, organizations. And I, I first thought, I was like, oh, all the questionnaires, they're all going to be the same. I'm like, it'll just yeah. be a similar question wrapped in a different, you know. No, it's not. Yeah, people have very specific questions. So definitely the questionnaires take up quite a bit of time. Yeah. And I remember uh, when Nithya was running, um, Hillary Clinton good friend of the show she listens to every episode uh, hey, Hillary, she, how are you? yeah you just say hi to say hi to hillary uh she endorsed her opponent uh what was his name ryu or Caillou or something uh, david, uh, david, david ryu um uh and then bernie endorsed uh nithya and it became kind of like this national uh thing do you expect hillary to endorse you or uh or or no <laughs> You know, I, I think Hillary and I have some uh, some pretty pretty big differences on a lot of the way we see the world. So I, I, mm. I, uh, I you know, I, maybe not this time. Maybe not this maybe time. In my second term when I've when, when you take time. the real estate money. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, hey, now what's up? Can we be friends? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry. We don't want to get the. We don't want to get you in trouble with like someone like clipping this out of context. You know? True, true, true. I, I, I feel a. Uh, I'm gonna get scolded after this. I, yeah, somebody <laughs> on my campaign. Yeah. Yeah. No, but we're hoping to get Bernie's endorsement. You know, it'll be. Uh, I, I want to do. Um, 
you know, what was those memes? It was like 10 years ago and then now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In 20, um, in 20, 20, 2012, when he first ran, um, before he declared, I'm going to say, before he declared for candidacy, I flew to Iowa to meet him um, because I was going to quit the union to work on his campaign. And so oh, I wow. had, I ate brisket with Bernie Sanders in Des Moines, Iowa. And so I can't wait to put my, this is then, this is now. Uh, right. When we do and get our endorse, his endorsement. I love the idea that you're like Bernie. I'm just so inspired by your 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 you know your message, and I'll do anything to you know I'll, I'll you know you know I'll work so hard for you. And he's like, oh, this brisket is really delicious, don't you think? Uh, you know, <laughs> I love it when the I love it when the the brisket just melts in your mouth. He <laughs> hasn't changed from the first time I saw him live. I was like, it's the same Bernie. Yeah. Well, um, do you have an opponent yet, or not yet? I, um, yeah, we have a we're taking on uh, the incumbent, um, you know, and and there's a few other people who are running as well. So, but the, who's the uh, incumbent? What do we get? Why don't why don't we like this person? <laughs> so the incumbent, uh, incumbent is uh, his name is Mitchell Farrell. Um, well, I mean, I think there's depending on who you are, right? There might be a lot of reasons why you wouldn't vote for this person. Um, but I think the one thing that made national news is. You know, bringing uh, hundreds of, of armed officers to Echo Park Lake, you know, to uh, essentially arrest uh, a very small number of, uh, of homeless. And most of them had been put in, you know, uh, temporary uh, housing uh, and a bunch of people, you know, protesting, you know, having uh, exerting their First Amendment rights. You know, we spent over a million dollars and it made national news. Journalists were arrested. People, somebody had their arm broken. Um you know, that is not the way you treat the unhoused. Uh, and it's also not the way you treat people who are protesting. Uh, and so I think that's probably the one reason people have heard of the most. But there are, uh, I, I, that guy, I have a list of, you know, things that I can cite personally that I don't agree with his position. Yeah. Well, uh, where can the people listening at home uh, follow you? How can they, how can they get involved? How can they, what can they do to help? Um, you know, we need to we we need to stand up to Hillary Clinton. How how do how do we do that? Um, yeah, you can uh, follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we don't have a TikTok yet, so uh, we might get. Dude, what what are you doing? The Zoomers, <laughs> this is important voting coalition. They're all like, they're all like farther left than like you know than than anyone. You know, they're like Lenin. These people or Mao. These little <laughs> Zoomers, they're terrifying. You know, you need to get on TikTok to get these voters. Yeah, uh, I got. I we have a strategy meeting about this. Uh, Seriously, yeah. <laughs> you might see me doing those. Uh, what do you call this little? I don't even know. I, I've seen. Yeah, some. I don't know. we're 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 past. You know, we're old, older than thirty, so we don't That's know true. how any of this works. This is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but folks can so, find us on uh, Google. My name uh, for CD thirteen. Our Instagram or Twitter, or go to our website. Uh, uh, my name Ugo2022.com. Um, you'll see our platform. Check us up on Twitter. We have a very important uh, comedy show coming up next Monday. But yeah, but Instagram and Twitter are probably the best ways to. What's going on in this comedy show? Who's performing? Um, well, Tim Heidecker is performing. What? Uh, <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah, the guy's a genius. You got Tim, you know, for people who don't know, the Tim from Tim and Eric. Uh, wow, that's a good get. 
Yeah, he's a he's the he's a performing. A few other folks are performing too, but um, one of our uh, uh, campaign staff, you know, knows some of these folks, and yeah, mm. very helpful, very helpful, very happy for their support. Nice. Well, Hugo, thank you so much for joining us. Um, good luck in the campaign. Um, I'm sure it's gonna it's gonna have your ups and your downs um, and your what have yous, but uh, you know, victory in the end, and it's all that matters. So, yeah, good luck. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. And then next time we'll, we can uh, we can geek out over Bayard Weston, why he has a key. Oh, absolutely, him. absolutely. We will. We'll do a whole sp show dedicated to him. The, the kids need to know. They don't know. He's been erased from the textbooks. It's very yeah, sad. Yeah. And then we'll, we'll move on to Ella Baker and uh, some there other. There you go. <laughs> Absolutely.